Well, welcome to today's episode of the OCA podcast. We are so thankful you found us. Today's story of hope is with Emory Walford, um, who lives in Pike County, Kentucky. I think this the city lives in is Freeburn. And so one thing that you will hear in Emory's story is bringing kids into his home in March 2020. Now, if most of you remember March 2020, about a year ago is when the pandemic began and no one knew what was happening, um, the uncertainty of our world at that time. Um, and yet in that moment, um, Emory and his wife were bringing in kids. And one thing that you won't hear on this podcast is that prior to this, even during this time, Emory had been having neck surgery and he had a major, major accident in November, December of 2019 which took a ton of surgery and which which took a lot of time and rehab. And yet he still, he and his wife still moved into letting people come into their home. And so through it all, through everything, Emory and his wife still stepped into the lives of young kids and said, hey, welcome into our home. And as he mentions many times on this podcast, You'll hear him say it. It's all about the children. And so he's brought in kids that he said he wouldn't bring in. He and his wife said that they wouldn't bring in teenagers. They brought in teenagers. And as he's continued to love, as he and his family have continued to love, Emory is now a mentor for foster care parents in his area. And so it's a great story. And it's a great opportunity to hear how someone, even in the midst of pain, even in the midst of suffering in his own life, he trusted in what God has moved in his heart to step into and brought kids into to his home, into their home. And what a great story and what a great opportunity to be encouraged by all that is going on in Eastern Kentucky. And we were so thankful, I was so thankful, to sit and listen and be a part of Emory's, Emory's world. I hope you are encouraged as well. Thanks so much. So Emory, it's, uh, it's really good to have you, um, have you on our podcast um, as we've as I've talked with um, some of our folks who work here at OCA, I know that they've they've spoken really highly of uh, of you and your family. And even before we um, started recording, I could hear uh, a few little kids running in the background. So, um, so it's 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 cool to be with you. Would love for you to share a little bit of your story, how you got engaged, um, especially as we're now kind of moving into 2021. And um, one of the things that we want to do at OCA is is just talk about stories of hope. And how even in the midst of the pandemic, you guys have stayed the course and you guys have continued to bring kids in your home. Um, really, you started bringing kids in your home during the pandemic, from from what I understand, um, which is pretty amazing. And so can you just share a little bit of your story and, and how you you began engaging in the foster care system. I know it was all the way back in 2019. Um, seems like years ago, but it was really, I guess, 14 months ago. But if you want to share a little bit about how how you, you got started and, and how you and your wife um, even began exploring the foster care system? Well, uh, I was injured in 2019 and uh, it was a severe injury in the coal mines. And my wife had brought up the idea several times about doing foster care or adoption. And after I got injured, I'd had a couple of surgeries and stuff and we had started taking the classes even before I had my second surgery on my neck. And uh, we had took the classes through ACE Ministries 
which were excellent with uh, their training. Um, then once uh, we got approved, the same day we got approved, we got a phone call hmm. for three children that needed placed. So that started the journey with it. And since uh, March of 2020, when we was approved until now, we have had 10 different children in our home. Um, you know, wow. we was wanting to later on maybe adopt, uh, but we have done this basically to help the children. We're both in church. We do a lot in church. So now do you guys have biological children or are, are these kids, the first kids that you have in your home? Um, my wife has a son, uh, he is 29 and you know, he loves these children to death hmm. and yeah. We have uh, two so grandchildren, guys, which is yeah. You guys were empty nesters, so you guys were saying, you know what? Oh, here, here, let's explore foster care system. We don't have kids in our home, and then March 2020, when when the world shuts down, your world kind of begins. Yes, sir. Tell me about what that, what's day, happening there, right? The same day. We was approved, um, our RNC worker called us. They said, uh, we have some children for placement. And, you know, she said, we have uh, a two-year-old, but there's more. She said, uh, there's also a six-year-old and an 11-year-old. And, uh, you know, that was the first kids we had had in our home. And it all started during this pandemic where we couldn't take them to parks, do things. So, you know, basically the things we'd done, we had to do at home. And it was, it was, a, it's been an amazing journey. Hmm. It's I, had its uphills, its downhills. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine that being really challenging, bringing three kids into your home. Everything is shut down. I mean, yes, you may be able to go to the parks, but there's no, like, we don't know what's happening with the pandemic. Um, you may not be able to get on a swing set because at that point it's don't touch anything right in March. It's, we have no idea what to be around people. So you guys haven't had kids in your home, three new kids, kids from the foster care system who more than likely have experienced some type of trauma. And then you guys say, okay, yeah, we'll continue to do this. We'll bring these kids into our home. Talk about those first few months because that sounds, um, for lack of a better term, exciting, adventurous, awful. Um, I, I don't know. Like, tell me kind of what those three months were like, or I don't know how long you had those three kids, but that, that's, that, that sounds, uh, unique is probably the best it, word. It, well, them, it was an up and downhill battle. I mean, great kids. If I was called right now, I would bring them right back into my home. And, you know, in those months, you really get attached to these children. I mean, especially where we couldn't get out and do nothing. You're doing things at home with them. Uh, we was able enough to take them like fishing and things like that. We live close to places where we can go fish. And it was just an amazing journey just to be able to do things, not only with those children, but the other children that we've had in our home that they've never experienced. I've had kids in my home that's never even got the experience to go out and do outdoor things. And, you know, 
with the pandemic going on, you couldn't take them on vacation. You couldn't take them to theme parks. Everything's shut down. So you're making do with the things you have. Mm. And not only with that shutdown, you're dealing with this virtual school for these kids. And that's that's just an awful journey in itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even after the first you know, your, your, your first three kids that you bring into your home, you still say, you know what? Sure. That was exciting. That was a challenging experience, but you know what? Let's bring more kids into our home, right? So what's the conversation like between you and your wife as you navigate? So the first three kids you have, you reunify them with the family or they go to another placement, right? What's the, you know, Hey, wow, this was a, this was a challenging experience. But hey, yeah, but, you know what? But, let's let's bring in a few more kids. Well, you know, when those kids got to go home, they got to go home at a terrible time because uh, in that month they got to go home. I my mother also suddenly passed away, and uh, they got to return home to their family. And you know, that's a blessing for kids to be reunited with family because in the foster system, it's not seen very often. But uh, uh, when they returned home, you know, it was maybe a week or so went by, and we was called for uh, the same night I was called for a 12-year-old. And then, you know, we had told them we was only going to take kids up 2 to 10, but since we started this journey, we have not turned down away one kid that we've ever been called that needs a place to live. And... uh, I think with the background we have with the church, uh, they, they're they a great support with these children. Um, and we just, there's no way that we could turn away a child. Hmm. And it, yeah, tell me more this, about, yeah, sorry, keep going. Yeah, yeah. When we done this, we uh, at first told them we wanted kids 10 and under. But out of these 10 kids, uh, most of them has been over the uh, age of 10. Hmm. Um, yeah. The second uh, ones we took in, one was 12. Then the same night I took him in, I was called and had 11 and a 14, or uh, excuse wow. me, 11 and a six-year-old. Hmm. And so that started the journey with those three kids. <laughs> yeah. Right. So um, that's awesome. That's really cool. It's really neat that you still open the door, even though that's not what you initially set out for. Tell me a little bit about because um, it's you've mentioned it a couple of times. You've said, you know, we go to church. You said the church was such a support. What are some stories where you've seen, where you saw, where you and your wife saw the church step into your church community, step into this? 12-year-old, this 14-year-old, this 6-year-old, this 11-year-old, this 2-year-old, even into your all's lives to continue to say, yeah, we've got your backs. We're behind you. The church that we uh, go to, you know, we don't have a lot of members. Um, They actually welcome these kids in just like they was family. Mm. And me being a minister there, I minister some there, 
and uh, a pastor there, he's uh, my great uncle. And, you know, that that's a different story in itself because I didn't find that out uh, recently that he was my great uncle. Mm. <clears throat> but uh, the church has been a good backbone for us, and not only the church, but um, my wife's family, they, they're a great support with these mm-hmm. children. Yeah. And my family also. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the support is one thing that really helps in doing foster care. When you have a good support group behind you, you can make anything happen. Yeah. What have they done to support you? What are some things that they've done to, to really bring about like this continual ability to continue to step into this world? Well, they have welcomed these kids in, not only the ones that we have now, but all of them. They have welcomed them in like family. Hmm. And it, it's just been a great journey altogether. Yeah. Just to see not only us open up to these children, but our families, a lot of people in the community, the church group. And, you know, we wish we could get more people involved in doing the foster care, um, the area that we live in in Pike County, uh, we live in a little area town called Freeburg. And, you know, the community has really not much to offer for children. And you can take and just go down the road and see people, it's wasting their lives with drugs. Mm-hmm. And it, it's sad to see the community you live in to go down like that. But then you see people that stepping up and taking these kids into their home and doing things. We have other foster parents. Um, Our workers work great with us. I mean, I could call them at 1 or 2 o'clock at night, and if they don't answer, they'll call back. Um, Also have some supervisors that I can contact anytime I'm in need of a question or anything. So they've been a great support. Um, That's awesome. Not only them, I mean, Ace Ministries, Brian and Stephanie, I have their numbers, and I've contacted them when I've had problems, and they've they've been there. They've helped us greatly. Hmm. Yeah, and I, from what I understand, you're now, so you've been in this, you've been fostering for almost a year. Obviously, you trained in, at the end of 2019 at your first placement in March. But from my understanding, you're now stepping up in, in training and leading, or you're you're doing something with foster care, from my understanding, right? So you're like a supervisor or something of foster care parents, if, if I understand that correct. Well, um, actually, they're, we're in training for the mentor program, mm-hmm. and it's uh, right now just in the process. And, you know, it's great to have these mentors programs for the new foster parents that come in because when I came in you know it was it was a journey I mean you've got a lot of paperwork you you're sitting there wondering how you're going to take care of these kids how you're going things you're going to do and it was a learning process and with the mentor program where they put you with a new foster parent for the first six months you know they had give us a mentor but there was some, con, uh, you know, communication issues, um, and 
they actually didn't step up and help us like I thought should be done. Mm -hmm. But we was blessed to have other people that would step in and help us and work with us so that we would be able to continue to this journey. And not only even before we even was selected to do this and that we, uh, I had already had been stepping up and helping another foster parent with her paperwork, uh, things that she needed help with. And, you know, in this, we're doing this together. We're not out here for the benefit you and me. This mm. is for the kids that we have in Kentucky. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. In, in Pike County, it's interesting to listen to you talk, um, just in a sense of driving down the street and seeing people, um, there's probably a great need for families like yourself. And now you're stepping in and saying, Hey, I want to continue to help families as they bring kids in. Like you just said, it is about the kids. Yeah. And it's, it's not about us. Yeah. And it's a great, um, just even listening to you because in 2020 bringing kids into the home can potentially mean COVID right can potentially well, meet these things and i know you have some health challenges you have you've talked a little bit about that with me so there's got to be some fear there so so speak more about that i had contacted covid in mm. june um but i was blessed my wife didn't contact it uh my uh, the kids here didn't contact it but i was blessed to be able to make it through this mm-hmm. and not struggle with it i was in the hospital for uh two weeks from it, hmm. but I was blessed that it didn't get passed on to the children and all that. But with these things, you never know what's going to come in. If a kid's going to have the COVID when it comes in or not. But that's one of the questions that we had never asked when a kid comes in. We never asked about its health problems or anything like that. We just open up our home and accept the child in that, in that, <clears throat> We're trying to do the work for mm-hmm. that God has set us out to do, mm-hmm. and it's it's been a journey. Yeah, what not keeps only you go- for us, Yeah, keep going. Not only, yeah, what keeps you on that journey? What keeps you on that path? Because it it sounds like it's had its ups and downs, and I know you have some health challenges of your own. What keeps you going? Well, by the grace of God, we keep going on a day to day basis. And with the things that we're doing and all that, it's more of doing the work that God has set us out to do because you or me, neither one would be into this if there wasn't a reason that we was doing it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't think that when you open up your home to these children that you're actually being a big part of their lives. You might be the only time that they get to hear about Jesus himself. Mm-hmm. You might be the only person that they feel that they can come to for comfort. And we've had that. You know, we have had children open up to us in many ways. But by the grace of God, we've been able to keep going and mm-hmm. make it through. Yeah, for sure. And that's, I think that's a great, yeah, that's a great word there, Emery. And, um, just continuing to hear, you just said, by the grace of God, we continue to move into into their lives. 
And it's, I mean, just such a beautiful, beautiful sentiment. And I know you still have some kids in your home. You've been able to have kids in your home and reunite some families. I would, I would guess. Are you still able, do you still, you still stay connected with those kids that, that you had in your home? I've got two that was reunited with family and hey, those kids contact me on a day-to-day basis sometimes and they still come visit they still uh look forward to going out on the boat and fishing they and you know a lot of these children we have made great connections with Mm. um and some of them you know when they've returned home we've not been able to hear from them and that's what a lot of people it hurts a lot of people because when you are with these children and you sit and think about how they're doing, if you're not, if you're doing your job as a foster parent, when that child leaves, part of you is leaving with it. Hmm. And I had told my they had told us when we had took the foster program, they said, if you don't cry when a child leaves, you didn't do your job. Hmm. Yeah. I'm here to tell you, I agree with that. When we've had children leave, it's, there's many a times you look back and think about them. You wonder how they're doing. And I think that's one of the problems we have with foster parents today. It, they they don't have the support they need for when these children return home to be able to keep doing this. Mm. And that's where you, the heartbreak comes in. Mm. When a child goes home, you know, you're used to having this child run around your house and it's common. You get attached to them. You love them. You want the best for them in life. But that's where the hurt comes in because when these kids return home, there's no guarantee you're ever going to hear from or see them again. And you just got to keep pressing forward. Mm. And that's the hard part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, just keep pressing forward. And as I've heard you say, you've got a family behind you through your church family, through your wife's family, through your family. There's a support system that keeps you going. And you're ready to support other foster families as a mentor to say, I want to be a support for you. And it's so great to sit with you and so great to hear your story as you've stepped into this world in the midst of so much unknown you've stepped into a foster care system that is unknown and yet it sounds like you've made a a huge difference you know the we're blessed because all of our neighbors they fall in love with these kids i mean um i have one i've got one neighbor he's a great guy he had bought a child wanted a certain type of fishing pole because he goes out with me and takes some fishing a guy from the church goes out with me And, you know, it's something we've stepped up to do to just try to teach these kids and help them. And, uh, you know, he went from to Tennessee and got this fishing pole for the child. Mm. Um, He was in Tennessee and found the fishing pole, brought it back. It made that kid's day. And, you know, that's what it's about. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes you're going to have battles. You're going to have struggles. There's going to be days that you don't feel good and you just want to give up. 
But in the other sense, you know, when my wife started talking about even embarking on this journey, I thought she was crazy. But now that we got involved and are doing it, I wouldn't change it for the world. Mm. Because in all sense, we know that when these kids come into our home, that we're going to give them the best care they need. And when you're doing that, you know, and you have a great support system, that's going to help you more than anything. I love that, Emery, and I, I've loved this time with you, and I, I appreciate your words and um, and just how you continue to press into hope, knowing that, hey, we've got we've got so much to do, and, and yet you still serve and love. And so it's been great to sit with you, and I, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you, and I've enjoyed the time with you, and I look forward to keep serving the kids we have in Kentucky, and hopefully, you know, have more new foster parents embark on this journey Hmm. and you know the resources that they need to keep pressing forward with this Mm -hmm. you know when times get hard i was told by a minister all we got to do is look up that's where help comes from Hmm. yeah and in many a times you got to keep looking up and pressing forward Hmm. yeah and just remember it's not us that we're helping hits the children. Mm. Yeah. So good, Emery. Thanks so much. And I, I love you've said it multiple times. It's for the children. It's connecting with the children. So good. Hey, so good to be with you. Thanks so much. You're welcome. You have a blessed day.